theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Thompson. I have the pleasure and privilege of serving as pastor here at Extraordinary Church and it's already been said it felt really good to hear Pastor Mateo declare that we're the fastest growing church in Canada. I like it. You open up your mouth and declare it in Jesus name. God is doing it. I'm going to get my team. Y'all come and bring those chairs for me. That will be remarkably helpful. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. I'm so thankful for what I feel, and I'm thankful for each of you all. Listen, the last uh, couple of weeks, we have been having conversations about a number of things, in particular about relationships. How many of you all have been catching the relationship series that we've been doing, Midweek Bible Connection? Yeah. I want to tell you right now, if you haven't, I want to encourage you to make sure that you, you check that out and watch that. I believe it's going to help you. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about in those relationships is some of the challenges that the church has faced when they have not necessarily uh, discussed. Don't go anywhere yet, baby. Praise God. Y'all can go. Praise God. Praise God. You, yeah, you got to stay just for a little bit. It just, just do something. Praise God. It just, I was preaching somewhere today early, and he tried to get away like me or trying to get away. I said, where are you going, man? I said, praise God. See, it just sounds so much better. You ought to know by now. Like, I feel like Jesus with, like, Philip and them. Philip, how long have you been with me? I'm like, don't you know who I am? Praise God. I am God. And I'm like, you are my baby, my first child. 17 years. You should know you can't run somewhere off this planet. Praise God. Not yet anyway. Amen. But we've been talking about how the church uh, has oftentimes found themselves to be silent. Sis, you can have a seat. You'll be standing for a while if you do that. Uh, so, um, you know what? The church has been silent on some things, but you all have given us a lot of grace to talk about these things. The church, the world is not silent about sex and sexuality, but the church shouldn't be either. As a matter of fact, can I tell you God's way? This is not my Bible. I was going to pick up my Bible. God's way is the right way. I need a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. God's way is the right way. It is the best way. It is the best way. And here's what I want to do. What we're going to be doing today, we talked about, we've done four weeks. Actually, I gave y'all a bonus week. 
now this was an accomplishment for me because I will take a series and preach for like 22 weeks. So for me to do a four-week series and then like do a bonus week, I was like, praise God, I have done, I have done something. So uh, you know what? Watch those, but we've been talking about some things, and it's been building up to this point where I feel like I want to encourage our young people, our young adults, and whether you're single, single again, I feel like God is calling us to purity. And this is not a popular message that is preached, uh, but I believe it's an important one because it's one of victory, and I believe God wants to bless you. So whether you're here in person or online, I'm thankful that you're with us. Um, I want to pray. I want to pray because I want the grace of God to flood this place. As a matter of fact, I want there to be a torrential downpour of grace. Why don't you lift your hands and pray with me? Father, we love you. We are so thankful for your grace and your mercy. And right now, we celebrate your presence. We celebrate your victory. We invite, and I am declaring right now in the name of Jesus, a downpour of grace and mercy, God, of restoration and hope, of cleansing, oh God. I thank you for what you're going to do, what you've done up to this point, and what you're going to do over the next 30, 35 minutes. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, okay, there you go. Praise God. Okay. I know, I know you want to go ahead and run. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Praise God. So, uh, yeah, talking about purity. You know, there are a lot of things that we do for love. I'm glad I got like two people over. I need to stand over here. Because like, y'all going to be real. I, let, let me see if I can sit over here and if they will at least stop faking the funk. There are a lot of things that we do for love. And some of those things, we're like, we're not too proud of. Yeah, we all desire to be accepted. We all desire to be embraced. I'm going to share with you just some, some true accounts, some excerpts of what some people have done for love. Somebody said, I'm, I'm quoting them. I, I'm not making this stuff up. One, one person said, uh, for love, he made 15 pounds of chocolate cookies from scratch 15 pounds somebody said this I failed a few tests on purpose to get some one-on-one -on -one tutoring I got some brothers over here clapping their hands brothers let do not fail the test <laughs> do not fail do not fail the test praise God Somebody said this, I got a tattoo of her name. It's true what they say. It's a curse. <laughs> Guess that relationship did not work out. One guy, <laughs> this is real, man. Took my own braces off with nail clippers. I was head over heels in love with this young lady but found out through a friend she didn't even find me attractive. I had my braces on for four years and my teeth were perfectly straight, so I figured it was time. Long story short, we went on one date and that was that. And yes, my parents were livid. Can you, Im 
kids, if you have braces, praise God. Those are, see, you could take your braces off, but when, if, if my child were to take their braces, I would just see money flying right out their mouth. Lots of money. I don't want to work too hard. Praise God. What is the greatest commandment of all? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love our neighbors like ourselves. Can I tell you how different the world would be if we would learn to love like he loves? I'm going to tell you like James Taylor said. He said to shower the people you love with love. If we knew how to love, this is why I'm passionate about this at Extraordinary Church, because when we say no perfect people a lot, what we're saying is we're not condoning anything that is not biblical, but what I'm saying is I want you to know that you are loved just the way that you are. This is really important because if you act like you, have, you haven't been in church or, uh, or in a religious experience where you have to fake the funk and you have to put on airs to present yourself as somebody that you're not, when in the reality is you're suffering and suffocating on the inside, hear me right now, that is not the will of God. The will of God is that you authentically present yourself broken, desperate, confused, whatever it might be, and realize that God says, yeah, at least you're being honest, and now I can deal with that. I can help you. And guess what? I've got grace that is sufficient. I've got grace that is sufficient. And the thing that I love about Extraordinary Church and what God is building and what I believe to be is the fastest growing church in all of Canada is we don't have people that aren't going to judge you, that are going to, that are going to judge you. We're, and let me just say this, if you are trying to judge somebody, you better be willing to invest in their future. <laughs> invest in what God has called them to be, but if not, then please don't say anything, because I believe you have no idea what somebody is capable of, especially when they get in alignment with God and allow him to love them. So what we typically do is because we all put on these airs, especially now, in a world of social media, right? How many of us, we kind of, we find our value in the likes that we get or that we don't get? And that's really concerning because what we end up doing is we try to tell people our life is really great. You take a photo of a McDonald's cheeseburger and you make it look like something that you know it doesn't look like. And some of you all don't do that just with cheeseburgers, you do that with yourself. I see y'all. I'm like, wait a second. What? what? Who, who is that? We got to be careful. Can I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a, but here's what we're doing. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to impress people. But you don't have to impress God. He loves you just the way you are. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You got to understand that while you were in your sinful, broken condition, while I was, Jesus Christ, God, robed himself in flesh, died for you, and I rose on the third day, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and then said, what's mine is yours. You're a joint heir with me. You're seated in heavenly places. So what do we do when we build up these walls, so to speak. We brick by brick, we build up these walls because people have hurt us. Well, here's my hope and prayer today and over this process that you will begin to let the walls down. You'll begin to let the walls down and more importantly, what? Let the love of God in. Now, here's what we do. I talked about this last week when I was challenging you all. It's not enough. Like, 
you know, we preached, a, we preached against sin, and, you know, we're like, hey, run to God. But that's the thing. Just don't not sin. Run to Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. But we live in a world today where people are so broken, they're so confused, they're trying so desperately to get the affirmation and acceptance of others. Do you realize that we spent, North America, okay, spent almost $21 billion on cosmetics, cosmetic surgery. We got people getting injection in places that we just won't even talk about. I'm like, what in the world are they thinking? And then when it goes wrong, you're like, well, who told you to put needles there in the first place? Botox, just leave it all alone. But you know what? People are, they want to be accepted. They want to be embraced. They want to be loved. But you need to know God made you uniquely, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. This is so important. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and he loves you just the way you are. And if he is love, can I just tell you, listen, I said this before, but let me just give you a newsflash. Your boo or your bae will not complete you. It's impossible. Jesus Christ is the only one that can complete you. The Bible says in Colossians that we are complete in him. And so you have to let him complete you. And if you don't let him love you, you won't know what love is. So therefore, you won't be able to love somebody else anyway. This is so important that we get this, and we're talking about love. And so what I want you all to understand is, for example, I'll give you another statistic. Did you know that suicide is the third leading cause of death here in North America? And here's a shocker. Not really. I'm being, uh, I'm being facetious. That's the case amongst 15 to 24-year-olds. I was sharing with someone recently that uh, a, case, a, a, a case study they did in the UK where 30, for, they looked at a group of teenagers looking at, that had social media and specifically Instagram because um, um, just to be for a second, for a second, I was just thinking about something. Uh, Instagram, these users, they were using Instagram and 13% of them uh, began to deal with, as they begin to use Instagram, they begin to deal with, now listen to this, suicide and suicide thoughts. Immediately, like almost 40% of them felt like they were remarkably inferior. This is what happens when you compare. So let me just help you out right now. What you see on social media, don't believe the narrative. Life ain't that great. Praise God. Praise God. Don't compare yourself to that either. Don't, it will steal your joy. You better, you better look at, where's my Bible? I had my, I wanted, I didn't want you, where's it at? Where's it at? Praise God. Oh, there it is. Okay, thank you. You better look in the word of God and see what he has to say about you. Not only are you fearfully and wonderfully made, but you are royalty. You are a holy nation. You are peculiar. God has called you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light. You are his beloved. You are his magnificent obsession. You need to know what you are and you need to know that you are royalty. You don't have to have your head down because the world tells you you're less than. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. I need you to know that not only are you loved, but you are valued 
and you're valued, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to move on and you can take that splash screen down. We don't need that one yet. You, you need to understand that this is the key. You need to know that when I told you all this before, but when Jesus, God in the flesh, is getting baptized, the Spirit of the, Spirit of the Lord speaks and says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't rose, he hadn't raised anybody from the dead. He hadn't opened up any blinded eyes or unstopped ears. The only, why was God pleased? He's a son. When you're his, when you're his, he's pleased. You don't earn this. Weights should just be falling off of some of you. You don't have to earn this. Praise God. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to, over the next uh, little bit, uh, I, I'm going to introduce to you uh, a few folks that I believe, if you will, um, they'll change your life. And I'm, I'm eager to do this. Um, I do want to share with you, though, uh, how oftentimes we get love confused. I'll share with you two instances, and then I'll get started. Um, there was a pastor helping a young couple plan their wedding. And... Uh, they were reviewing some of the changes a couple wanted to make uh, in the traditional vows to make them more contemporary. So the pastor thought the new vows, he, they were beautiful until they got to this line. For richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, until we no longer love each other. The pastor stopped him and he was like, well, what do you mean by that? And the couple replied, well... Couples sometimes fall out of love, and they should not be required to remain married and unhappy for the rest of their lives. Everyone has a right to be happy. And at first, the pastor was shocked. And then he realized, well, this is the culture today, and that it's gotten to them, and that there's a lack of commitment, and the world around them has infiltrated their thinking. Let me just, you can put this in your pocket. This one is free. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. And let me just help you out on another side. If, you, if you're married, marriage is work. Now, I see some of y'all shaking your head. You're shaking your head entirely too hard. I'm like, your spouse is like, you just like, you didn't have to do all that. You didn't have, you know, I'm just kidding. We all know marriage is work. We all know marriage is work. But the culture, if we're not careful, it shapes our understanding. Of love, and that's not biblical because love is not found in self-performance. If you do something, then I'll love you. No, 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 no. Love is based on love. And now let me show you a different viewpoint of love. In his book, Letters to an Unborn Child, David Arlen wrote to the child in his wife's womb, partly because he knew that he may never see the child. While his wife's pregnancy developed, David was dying of a crippling neurological disease. He wrote in one of his letters, your mother is very special. Few men know what it's like to receive appreciation for taking their wives out to dinner when it entails what it does for us. It means that she has to dress me, shave me, brush my teeth, comb my hair, wheel me out of the house, down the steps, open the garage, put me in the car, take the pedals off the chair, stand me up, sit me in the seat, twist me around so that I'm comfortable, fold the wheelchair, put it in the car, go around to the other side of the car, and drive off to the restaurant. And then it starts all over again. She gets out of the car, 
unfolds the wheelchair, opens the door, spins me around, stands me up, sits me in the wheelchair, pushes the pedals out, closes and locks the car, walks me into the restaurant, takes the pedals out, closes, uh, I mean, uh, takes the pedals off the wheelchair so I won't be uncomfortable. We sit down to have dinner, and she feeds me throughout the entire meal. And when it's over, she pays the bill, pushes the wheelchair out to the car again, and reverses the same routine. And when it's over and finished with authentic warmth, she'll say, honey, thank you for taking me out to dinner. I never quite know what to answer, David says. David's wife, Joyce, provided us of an example of real love. And so what I'm going to do, by the grace of God, is uh, introduce you to five people. As a matter of fact, they're pretty extraordinary people. Uh, And so... Uh, in particular for believers and Christians, I believe that these people that I'm going to introduce you to today are going to talk to you about your values. I want you to listen to what they have to say. They're going to talk to you about what happens uh, when you think you're in love, whether you are a teenager, a young adult, grown, single again, whatever the case may be. And if you'll just hear me for just one moment, and if you'll be willing, if you'll be willing to bring your heart up here and have a conversation and opus open, honest conversation with these five people, I believe not only will they give you something to smile about today and not just tomorrow, but should he tarry for the next 75 years of your life. So, are you ready? (sighs) Praise God. Okay. I'm ready. So, the first person. Now, listen, I'm not trying to hype this up. But I'm going to hype it up because this first person I'm about to introduce you to, right, that's, that's sitting in this chair is, especially if you're not married, you need to know they're going to change your life. I could, you smiling too big, bro. I mean, JP immediately just like, he was like, what? Changed my life. Praise God. Look at, look at it. He's just like, praise God. That's what happens because this person. I'm telling you, they are dying to meet you, and you haven't even met them yet. They are excited. You need to know that God has handcrafted. People have prayed. This person is walking in purpose. If you like, I was going to say something. I thought that might not be too funny, so. Like, I don't know, what, what, what is it? I don't want to describe myself because Sarah liked the chocolate, praise God. But if you, if like 6'2", chiseled, blonde, really? no, praise God, all right. Six feet, bald, <laughs> praise God. I ain't rippling with muscles, but, you know, (laughs) I want you to know God is preparing this individual just for you, and they are waiting for you. You need to understand that God has got somebody for you. I need you to let this sink in for a moment because this individual I'm going to introduce you to is your future spouse should you get married. Now, your future spouse uh, let, me, let me share this with you. Not wrong slide, other side. It's okay. It's okay. Praise God. 
here's what I want you to do. This future spouse, they are have, ready to have a conversation with you. And now this conversation they want to have with you is, this is go, it's going to get real. Because they, they've asked, they're asking me to talk with you. And you know what they're asking? They're like, Pastor Akil, you got to tell them. You got to tell them. So let me tell you really quickly, back in the day, right? Sarah and I, we had been married 21 years. Praise God, 21 years. But in 1997, yes, I'm dating myself. Some of you all are like, what? Did the Great Depression happen then or was that? It wasn't that long ago, praise God. 1997, uh, I can remember Sarah was different than everybody else. Remember I talked to you about dating. Uh, you don't date recreationally. You should date to evaluate if this is the person for you. And it, there's nothing wrong with physical attraction. We talked all about that in the Song of Solomon. But you know what? You want to make a kingdom impact. And so Sarah was different than everybody else. You know, before it was cool for people to come up to the front and worship, I promise you I'm not making this up. She was the only one. And like a convention of hundreds of people. And my girl was worshiping, going in hard too. I, I ain't talking about like, this thing was worshiping. Let me just give you a little side note. You need to make sure that whoever you are pursuing and they're pursuing you, that they know how to pursue Jesus. If they don't know how to pursue Jesus, you need to leave them right there. Because you need somebody that knows how to pray and to get a hold of God. And when you all are facing all hell, they won't back down, but they'll stand up and declare the word of the Lord and worship. And they'll lead through this. You need somebody that knows how to get a hold of God. But Sarah was not only special because she pursued the heart of God. She had also made some commitments in her life. And how many of you all know there were plenty of young people, not only young people, even people today that will claim and profess the name of Christ, yet they live something entirely different. Sarah was not that way. Sarah was authentically a Christian. Now, I'm not saying she was perfect, but she was authentically a Christian. She loved God, and she was making a massive impact on the kingdom for the glory of God. At 16, she was teaching Bible studies, and she was the lead teacher of her uh, children's ministry class. She, was, she had prayed, God, give me a car because I want to pick people up and bring them to church, and I don't, you, you can take care of it. And God gave her like a crazy car, a nice, reliable car for a dollar. God was doing miracles in her life, and it was remarkable to see. And do you know who I had my eyes set on? And so our friendship, when our friendship blossomed, because at first, you know what, we did not, we were just great friends. Let me tell you, like, the first time we met, this is how I knew two things. One, I wasn't really a talker, right? We went, we, were at, we met at a youth congress, and everybody would go to these malls and the food court, and you could eat. And so everybody was like, oh, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here. And like, you know, Wendy's is like, I love Wendy's food. I don't know why, but I just love Wendy's. So I was like, yo, I'm going to Wendy's. So I was walking on over, going to Wendy's. And I looked, and Sarah was right behind me. And I didn't really even say much to her. I'm not, I don't think, you know, I, was, I think we might have said, hey, how are you doing or whatever. We chatted for a second. But we went to go play video games, all of us. And we playing video games. Now, she don't know how to play video games at all. We're playing Mortal Kombat. And... I'm playing like with strategy, and this girl is just, 
hitting the buttons and whooping me. I was so mad. I was like, if this, what in the world is she? She just hitting the buttons and beating me down. That was the first. I was like, she's getting on my last nerve. And then here she did, Pastor Barry. They would have sessions that would start like at 9 o'clock in the morning, right? And 8.30. And you know what she did? She knocked on my door. Wake, waking everybody up, talking about something. Come on, guys, let's go to the sessions. And I was like, oh, Jesus. If this child, if she don't stop knocking on this door. I remember even opening the door because the other guys in my room were like, who's going to get that? Because nobody wanted to get up out of bed. I was like, I'll get it. The chain lock was on. I was like, what do you want? And she was like, come on, it's time to, time to go to the sessions. I was like, we're not going. Close I'm, I'm serious. I was like, we're not going. God had to work with me, praise God, because you can have the Holy Ghost and be a morning person. You can wake up with joy. God had to help me with that, praise God. I used to be mad when I would wake up, and the Lord was like, well, you know, there is a different alternative. And I was like, well, Lord, since you put it that way, I was like, praise God, I'm glad to wake up. So we did this, and, you know, we connected. And I remember I was crazy about Sarah. And now things are, like, different. But back in the day, you had to pick up the phone, right, and call somebody, and it wasn't just their phone. Like, mom or dad, mom or dad can answer the phone. And they're like, yeah, you want to speak to who? And so just getting up the nerve to make those phone, now y'all just sliding in DMs talking about saying we're in a relationship. It was so different back then. So I remember asking her cousin, Sophia. I was like, uh, Sophia, do you think uh, Sarah likes me? And she was like, yeah, she, she likes you. And I was like, how much does she like me? I was like, does she just, like, tolerate me? Does she like me a lot? Or is she crazy about me? She was like, she just likes you, bro. And I was like, well, I need to know before I step out on a limb. Because I'm not trying to get rejected. Let me just say this, by the way, especially for single ladies, please be kind. Please be kind. It is so hard. It is so hard to get the courage. It is so hard to get the courage to be like, hey, can we talk? And then when you crush us, it's just like, oh, God. So if you're going to let us down, let us down easy. But, you know, don't, don't be, just, just don't banish us to, like, friend status, like, right away. At least, but like, let me think about it. But if you come out like, I just see us like friends. Oh, God. Anyway. So I was like, hey, how do you know? She was like, she does. Call her, call her, call her. So anyway, I call her. And we were talking, and I mean, we had always talked, but now we were, like, talking. And the tone had changed a little bit. You know, there was a little heat on that thing. Praise God, Stephen. A little heat in that thing. And uh, so we were talking, and I had, like, no game whatsoever. I wanted her to know I liked her a lot. So she was coming into town, and I said, hey, I want to take you somewhere. And she said, I said, just meet me, be ready at 6 o'clock in the morning. And our first date, I took her on a hot air balloon ride. And... I thought, surely she's going to get the hint that I like her. Because I was like, first date, hot air balloon ride. So here we are. We go, and we're on this hot air balloon ride. And the pilot is cracking jokes. And he thinks he's funny. He's not funny at all. 
And we would give him the gratuitous laugh, like, <laughs> and move on. Well, as we're flying, he says, man, hey, uh, I haven't been able to fly in a really long time. The weather's amazing. Can we fly for like another hour, hour and a half? And I was like, absolutely. I was like, this cost me $600. Let's go. And that was 1997 or 98. So I was like, we're going to fly. We're going to fly. Go ahead and take your time, Rick. So we're flying. And you know what? He comes with one of these jokes again. He says, oh, we're about to crash. And I was like, um, <laughs> real funny, Rick. And he, he, he gets his phone or phone walkie-talkie. See here, see me walk. He was like, Mayday, Mayday. I was like, this brother is not playing. I sounds like we about to crash. He's like, Mayday. He starts spitting out these coordinates, and I'm like, oh my word. He's like, we're, we're blah, 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 blah. And so anyway, as, we're, as the, the turbulence uh, is becoming more erratic, these birds start swirling around our balloon. And I'm like, they're buzzards, we are dead. And he stops as he's trying to gain control. He's like, no, they're not buzzards. They're whatever they were. And, and he was like, what's happening is the thermals. He was like, it's hotter outside of the balloon than it is on the inside of the balloon. And that's why they're soaring on the warm air. And I was like, really, Rick? We about to die. And you giving us a science lesson? I was like, I'm not feeling this right now. And then we're over this massive lake. And Sarah's like, I can't swim. And I was like, and I can swim like a fish. Call on Jesus. Call somebody who don't know how to swim and they get in water. I was like, I don't need you acting up. You'll kill both of us. So I was like, Lord, you're going to have to help us. So here we were. I don't think I said that. I think I was like trying to. I was scared out of my mind. But I was like, don't worry. God's got us. I was like, hold me close. <laughs> Praise God. That's the only excuse to get close on the first date. <laughs> Praise God. If life is in danger, imminent danger, praise God. <laughs> so, by the grace of God, we get this really massive gust of wind, and we, we're, we're, we're like, the Lord helped us. He takes us in this huge field, and the dude's balloon gets caught in the trees. And so it breaks our fall. And it was kind of like a modest, you know, just like a modest accident. We're just, we would land and pow, and hit the ground. And then it would come up again. And it's like pow, pow. And so we get out. And we were like, praise God, we're alive. There was like two other couples with us. Um, like one of the girls. I have a picture. She wouldn't get out the, the basket. She was in the basket like this, like in the fetal position. She was like, she was shook. And so the pilot was like, he was like, do you want some champagne? And I was like, yeah, I know you want everybody to have some champagne so they can forget about what they were dealing with. That was our first date. We could only go up from there. Praise God. We could only go up from there. But here's what I want you to know. When I knew that Sarah was the one for me. God had revealed it to me. Let me just help you out right now. Any relationship that you're in that pushes you away from your family, 
pushes you away from your friends, pushes you away from your pastor or your, your church, you need to get out of that relationship. That's not the will of God. If your parents are like, I don't even know, dude, I, 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 no, <laughs> we need to rein that in. As a matter of fact, you need to know and you need to have these people's influences in your relationships. And so I had that. I had my pastor. I had many of my friends and uh, elders in my life. They had confirmed that Sarah was the one for me. And so here's what we did. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose to her. So I had a friend of mine uh, who was a fabulous singer, right? Think of like... He just, he can do Luther. He can do some Luther. This brother could say, let me help y'all, because some of y'all looking at me like, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Luther Vandross. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, this brother could sing. And so we wrote this song, um, and we, we wrote this song, and we came up with these lyrics. And then as we were there, uh, we were going to be at this Ruth Chris Steakhouse, and my pastor was, was going to be with us, and Sarah thought, that they were going to talk with us about just our relationship and how serious it was getting and what's happening. And uh, she wasn't expecting for me to propose to her. But her girlfriends at work were like, girl, he going to propose to you. Get that. You, you need to get ready. Get your hair done, did, and make sure you're wearing this dress and blah, blah, blah. And she was, so they had kind of led her on, and, and they were right. So I'm not sure how surprised she was. But... Let me tell you what, come here, so check this out. Um, we're at the restaurant, right? We're at Ruth Chris restaurant, and they were gonna come after dessert, and they were gonna, you know, these nice restaurants, like that they wipe off all the crumbs and they get up all the mess that you make. And so by this time, I was getting nervous. Steven, I was like, mm. My throat was dry, and I was drinking all kinds of water. So I get up to go to the restroom, right? And my buddy Paul is over on the other side of the restaurant, and I'm like this, I'm like, Paul, Meet me in the bathroom. Again, that's the only time a brother should be meeting another man in the bathroom. It's like if you're about to propose and maybe you feel weak in the knees, praise God. So I said, Paul, meet me in the I was like, man, bro, I'm about to pass out. He was like, get it together. And I was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget this. He was like, you can do this. God has you. And so everything was going according to plan. I was like, okay, I can do this. Yes. I was like, I get myself together. I'll go back out, dessert. And they're like, are you ready for dessert, Mr. Thompson? And that was like code for. And I was like, oh, God. <sighs> I was like, yes, I'm ready for dessert. And at that point in time, my friend Paul, he, now, so come on up here, babe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this now. So let me tell you what it is. I'm going to show you really quickly. I'm going to recreate some of my proposal. Uh, give it up from. Uh, Praise God. I'm going to catch you, girl. We're going to praise God. Give it up for my wife. 21 beautiful years. So here's what we did. Thank you so much, Monique. I appreciate it. So here's what we did. When we were there, my buddy, he, 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 we have this song. And so she, he is coming. She is seated. And I have roses. Um, and so, or excuse me, Paul has roses. And so what he does is he sings, I want you to hear actually have a recording of the song that I wrote and Paul sung. I want you all to hear it as I was proposing to Sarah. Can I have a talk with you? 
You can turn it up. Can I make your dreams come true? Oh, can I? Can I be in love with you? Cause I, I would if I could. I'd set your soul on fire. Oh, baby. Can I, can I, can I, can I be your one and only desire? And oh, Sarah, 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 can I be in love with you? Cause I can't marry you. Oh, by the grace of God, God has kept us 21 years, two kids, three different states, and a brand new country. But here's what I want you to know. Stay there for just a second, baby. I'm just as crazy about her now as I was then. And even though you're not married right now, and perhaps you are, you need to hear me. Your future spouse is right here telling me to tell you I'm worth waiting for. Let me be more specific. There is nothing wrong with saving yourself for marriage. As a matter of fact, it might be unpopular, but statistics tell us this, baby. Statistics tell us that teenagers fall in love seven times before they're married. If they have sex with everybody they claim to love, that will be at least seven people. But if you do the math, it could be thousands that you would have been intimate with because you're in love. Can I tell you, there is nothing wrong with saving yourself for marriage. Not only that, it's biblical and it's God's way. And here is the thing. If you'll do it this way, it'll be a gift, not only on your honeymoon, but five years later, 10 years later, 25 years later, it'll be a gift that God has designed for you all. And here's what God is saying. I'm telling you, if you would hear, or excuse me, not God, your future spouse is saying, if you would just wait for me, if you would wait for me, I am worth the wait. I'm worth, and let me just say this, you need to be careful. I say it all the time, but you got to be careful what you watch. You got to be careful what you listen to because sometimes this music will make you feel a particular way about someone and you're not even necessarily feeling that way, but the music can evoke emotions out of you and put you in a place where you're getting ready to do something that you don't even want to do. It's unpopular. It might not be as common. But it is still biblical, and it is right to save yourself from marriage. So let me just talk to my teenagers.
Now, you know, in all seriousness, baby girl, like mom and I pray. I pray often and declare, praise God, that the man of God that God is preparing for you is one that's going to honor you, treasure you, cherish you, serve you. And he is telling me to tell you he's worth the wait. See, despite popular opinion, there are a lot of men right now that will die in their wives' arms. They will die loving them and serving them. I got men right now, praise God. How many married men that love being married to their wives? Raise your hand. That bet. You better, sorry, I'm all over the place, but you're doing good. I got that Josh Resar. <laughs> They're here. They're here. Not only that, Pram, where are you at? Is he in here? Where do you go? Did he go? Praise he left. Oh, he left. Oh, praise. That's okay. Nina, how long y'all been married? 25 years and still going strong. Alvin, how long you been married? 28 years and still going strong. Pastor Barry, how long have you been married? 27 years. I'm talking to men that know how long they've been married. You know why? Because they love their spouses. They honor them and they cherish them. And God is preparing somebody, if you're not married, saying, I'm worth the wait. You know what? I remember, Sarah, I told her, I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to honor you. I value you. I want you to know we're dating, recording with the purpose of getting married. Here is the line, and we're not going to cross it. And to make sure we didn't do that, I even had my pastor and other people hold me accountable. You need to make sure that's the case. I hope I'm helping somebody, but I need you to understand this is the will of God. Praise God. And God wants you to be able to celebrate relationships in the right context. Thank you so much, baby. I appreciate it. I'm going to introduce you to a few more people, and I'm going to hurry up because time is getting away from me. The next person I want to introduce you to, sitting in this seat right here, your future children. Your future children. Should you have them? Can I tell you, we love kids, and children are a heritage unto the Lord. Okay? I am so thankful for the gift that God has given us in Mia and Lincoln and your kids right now, you got to understand, your kids are right here sitting. They are wanting you to set the, because they're hearing, they're going to have a conversation with you. And they're going to say, Mom, did you? Dad, did you? And what was it like? What was your first, what was, did you? Who did you date? They're going to ask you questions. And believe it or not, you know what? Growing up, my dad was my hero. He was my hero. And so I'm telling you, my dad wanted to do something. I wanted to do it. Your kids, your kids right here, they're, you know what they're saying? Please be my hero, dad. Please be my hero, mom. You know what? It might be unpopular, but it takes courage and conviction to stand against the tide of what the world says is popular or permissible. Don't do what the world says do. Stand in the word of God. And I'm telling you, if you'll do this and raise up conviction and standards, you're going to raise up some amazing kids when God gives them to you. And you know what they're saying? They're saying they're worth the wait. 
The next person I want to introduce you to is the Lord Jesus Christ. He changed absolutely everything in my life. When I found out Jesus is real and not some fictional character, not some figment of my imagination, and I was like, I'm talking about like real, real. I don't mean like, oh, I know God is real. I'm talking about when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I was like, oh, my word, Jesus Christ is real. I was like, oh, my gosh, it changed everything in my life. Can I tell you, God wants to revolutionize your relationships. And he wants to be the center of every relationship. And can I tell you right now, if he is not the center of every relationship, then those relationships will not stand. God wants to be the center of it. And here's the most amazing thing. No matter where you are in your journey, I'm going to tell you right now that God is able to not only reach you, but to restore and to renew and make new. People look at me all the time, and when I was in, in uh, you know, Facebook, I'm dating myself, I know when I say that, so, but on Facebook, a lot of my friends in high school or college, they're like, you a preacher? They're like, wait a second, you got to explain this to me. They were like, you know, the only preacher that they know, uh, they were like, man, you like T.D. Jakes. I'm like, I don't know about all that, bro, <laughs> but I'm just trying to be the best Akil Thompson I can be. Uh, but they were like, what happened? And I've told you all this before, but you know what? I haven't been re-educated. I haven't been rehabilitated. I haven't been reformed. I have been recreated. When you are made new, when you receive his spirit, you are made new. And God wants to do that in your life. You have to allow him to be the center of your life and in particular your relationships. And you need to live out faith in that way. You need to be like, hey, you know what? Together. We're going to pursue Jesus Christ. He's everything to us. He's everything to me. I'm going to talk about that here more in just a moment. The fourth person I want to introduce you to um, is the person, your future spouse. The next person, yeah, your future spouse you're dating now or going to date, okay? The future spouse of the person you're dating now or you're going to date. This is a true story. True story. I'm not making this up. I heard a preacher share this. Scott and John are roommates in college, and they both are actively dating. When they would return from their dates, they would always have these lively conversations about what unfolded and who did what and how far they got with their dates. Scott was at a church service, and he decided to make a commitment to save himself from marriage. So time passes, and they end up going on dates, and John decides to have the same conversations the next semester. Uh, that they've had in the past and Scott begins dating and is dating this girl named Mary and John asked Scott he said man what happened what, what happened tonight and Scott, uh, Scott responds I'm not sure if she's the one so I want to honor her and her future husband and wouldn't you know it John gets married and who do you think John married Mary guess who the best man was Scott you know what? John looked at Scott and he said, man, I'm sorry. He said, all those conversations we've had. He said, thank you so much for honoring me and honoring Mary. Can I tell you, people, the people you are dating right now are more than likely going to marry somebody else. It's just the truth. So can I just tell you, don't cross those lines. 
as a matter of fact, I'm not just talking about like sexual intercourse. Like, be careful because one thing can quickly lead to another. And so you have to be careful. Can I just tell you, this individual, you know what they're saying? Please don't wear clothes that tempt him. Please don't pull her away by the way you touch her or attempt to kiss her. We got to be careful. The last person I want to introduce you to is a person you probably never thought of, and this is your conscience. The number one sex organ in your body, your conscience. Princess, you can come play for us. I'll tell you why, because 95%, I wanted to make sure I got that number correct, 95% of the sexual activity starts right here. You need to make, if we have ever lived in a day that is over-sexualized, it is today. Let me talk to our married men for just a moment here too. I know I keep saying this and promoting it, but I'm an advocate of it. You need to make sure, you need to make sure that you have boundaries on every device that you have. You need to make sure because it is too easy and too tempting to deal with pornographic content just a few clicks away. You, back in the day, you couldn't access this stuff. And if you're not careful, this stuff will rob you of your innocence and intimacy, and it will sexualize you in a way that will affect your relationships to come. And that is not the will of God. You have got to protect your mind. All oh, let me just... Every parent right here, you need to make sure, if you don't, you need to have these boundaries. Let me just help you out right now and play pastor for just a moment, okay? I know it may not be popular, but I'm going to play pastor for just a moment. You need to make sure that you know where they are, who they're with, and you need to have some boundaries set in place. I'm not telling you how to raise your kids, but it's okay. The phone got to go off at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, something, sometime. Because if you leave it wide open, let me just help you right now, they will find themselves. Nothing good grows in the dark. <laughs> Set boundaries, and boundaries are here to protect us, not hurt us. So let me hurry up because I've gone a lot longer than I, I anticipated. Here's what I want to do. We're going to receive communion in a moment. But you probably might be thinking, what if I've messed up? What do I do? Maybe you've gone places that you wouldn't have liked to go on virtually. Maybe you've been in a relationship and you've been intimate. And you might be wondering, can I be pure again? Well, let me be straight up with you. No, you can't be a virgin again, but you can be pure. Because once Jesus Christ washes you and cleanses you, you are pure. And that is the truth. The blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you. And you can make a decision today. I'm going to walk forward in a lifestyle that honors God and pleases God. And God will help you. I'll tell you really quickly what brought me to the Lord Jesus Christ. What was the final straw that broke the, you know, proverbial camels back in my life? Uh, young, uh, my high school sweetheart, allegedly, we found out she was pregnant and with child. 
and we decided to terminate the pregnancy. We didn't talk with anybody. 15 years old, same age as my son, right now to this day as he and I were talking about him. We decided to terminate that pregnancy and didn't talk with anybody. And I'll never forget driving that day down the boulevard in the city of Richmond and going to the abortion clinic and looking at the lives of women. Uh, they are standing there scared out of their minds. Some have luck they've been there a couple of times. I'll never forget one girl. She was like this. She was just shaking, shaking, tears, snot coming out of her nose. She was just shaking. And we naively thought, I remember driving and people banging on the window, pleading with us, don't kill your child. Don't kill your child. We pressed on, we went in, and we naively thought we'll go to the movies afterwards. And I remember after that, my waiting came out, it was a deafening silence. In the car, we got close to the exit. And I thought to myself, I've got to say something. I said, do you want to go to the movies? And she looked at me and she said, do you think after all I've been through, I want to go to the movies? And it was at that moment we realized we were in way over our heads. I began to have this nightmare that devastated me. I'd be at the baseball game. Richmond Braves. No, Stephen and Jasmine, they're from Richmond, so they'll remember that. They're called the Squirrels now, but we'd be at the Braves game. And then, I don't know if they do this here in Canada. I've not been to a Toronto Blue Jays game. I assume they probably do, but when the seventh inning comes, they have what they call the seventh inning stretch, and they sing a game. Uh, they sing a song, take me out to the ball game, take me out to the crowd, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if, you know. And so in this nightmare, it started off amazing. My son, we'd be there, we'd be sitting. He'd be right here on my, my knee. And we'd be having the time of our life. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah. Because I was purposed in my heart. Like, I was going to be an amazing dad. You all don't know all my story, but, you know, I've got amazing folks, parents. But my dad wasn't able to be a part of my life for 15 years. So I was like, I'm never. I was like, my, 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 I'm going to be the best dad I could be. So we're having a great time. And the seventh inning would come, and then he would look at me. And he would begin to disappear. And he said, Dad, why did you kill me? And I would look at my son, and I would say, I'm so sorry, son. And I'd try to clutch him and hold him. And as much as I tried to squeeze him, he would disappear. And I would have that recurring nightmare over and over and over. But when I came to Jesus Christ... When I came to Jesus Christ, he washed me and cleansed me, and I have never had that nightmare again. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is a healer, and no matter what you need, he will cover you, he will wash you, he will cleanse you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you've done, you need to hear me. You can't go too far. The blood of Jesus Christ is here to wash you and to cleanse you. No matter what your sin, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to know you can start again. As a matter of fact, I want us to lift our hands. This is a tough conversation to have, but it's a necessary one. And I'm declaring right now in the name of Jesus Christ that the love of God is beginning to flow in this place.
the healing is beginning to happen. Come on, I want you just to begin to reach out because God is here to minister to you. God is here to help you. There are people right now in this setting that have gone places or done things virtually or other places that you're ashamed of and these things are haunting you. But I want you to know right now that we're about to put a death sentence on those things because Calvary is greater than any mistake you will have ever made even if you willfully or intentionally walked into that sin. I want you to know that the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ is reaching for you. Would you reach out to him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and we give you glory. Praise God. I want us to stand for a moment. We're going to receive communion. And what I believe is about to happen is I'm declaring healing in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I want us to do. Before we even receive communion, you can get your communion elements ready. But I want us to take a moment to repent. I want us to take a moment to repent. If you're watching online, go ahead and uh, get your communion elements ready. You're more than welcome to to, to join with us but I want us to find a place to repent as a matter of fact babe you coming to sing let's do that let's do that let's take a moment let's just sing I feel like we need to shift the atmosphere a little bit so come on up and uh, let's just sing and praise God we're going to begin to repent praise God and as Sarah is leading us in this song I want us to take a moment and I want us to begin to repent and here's what I want to say too I want to say mom and dad I want to encourage you for a moment to make sure that you're having multiple conversations with your kid. You know, I was talking with Lincoln today, and I was just thankful that we've had multiple conversations. This isn't a one conversation thing. This is multiple ongoing conversations. I want to encourage you, and if you don't have that person in your life you can have those conversations with, can I tell you, Sarah and I are here. We're glad to help you. We're glad to help you in this regard. But I want us to take a moment. And just find a place of repentance and ask God to forgive us, to cleanse us. They're singing this song by request of me because I want God to give us a pure heart. Come on, that's it. Let's just begin to reach out to God. Thank you, Jesus. to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.